2: Hey, everyone. Welcome to the 321st episode of More Than Just Code Podcast. My name is Tim Mitchell, and I am in Toronto, Ontario. And I'm joined once again by Jaime Lopez Jr. in Seattle, Washington. How's it going? And drumroll, please, we have Mark Rubin on the line in San Jose, California. Look. I, I almost said Seattle again. All righty. Why the so, drum roll today? I mean, not, not just, that I'm complaining. You know, mix it up, just, you know, yeah, mix it up, keep, it up. Keep it fresh, you know, like, you know, keeping the, keeping the kids on their toes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, I unfortunately. Lots of little
2: biddies. Hmm?
3: I unfortunately didn't uh, have time to. To find too much, so you guys have okay. I've this got, I've
2: only got nine picks, or sorry, yeah, Jay. I have eleven I picks. Yeah.
3: Here, so. <laughs> Beat me to it. That was the problem. I would have had some of those, but you got there first. Had- and oh, then they're yeah, frustrating.
0: Okay. This is spoilers for the the picks part of the show, but these are very frustratingly out of order. It it hurts me what in, do you in a way know that, I really that I have can't... got them one, two, three, four, five. Not Number one is the best. I don't care what you say. They're almost in the correct order. I, oh, let's... I can. I can, well,
2: I can fix that for you. Here, let me well, I assumed
0: sentence. there was some sort of. Argument. Artistic no, discretion no, that was no. going on no, here. It was just, just the order. Well, I'm not triggering my OCD, is what I think. When I tweet,
2: uh, what, what Jaime's talking about is in the show notes. I've got them numbered and sort of set, uh, like. I had number seven pasted in there, and then I went when I went to look for uh, the other ones, I actually went through and picked the rest of these because as I, as I went through his tweets today, I saw the rest of them. So, anyway, spoilers for later on the show. Anywho, um, yeah, let's just dig in, I guess. Oh, wow.
3: I do not know you could do that. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> looking forward to Are you looking at number one? I'm or looking what? at number one. I'm looking forward to your pick, Tim. <laughs> yeah. All right, cool. All right.
2: Anyway, uh, some quick fact check here. Um, on the last episode, I was talking about the M1. Uh, I forget what what the context was, but I've got here in my notes that the M1 eight gigabytes of RAM uh, are made by SK Hynix, and it's an L- LPDDR four type RAM. So SK Hynix, I guess, is the manufacturer of the RAM, mm-hmm. and that's the th- we were talking about. I think we were talking talking about the actual physical um, makeup of the what, what's called the M1, but it's not the actual CPU chippy thing, right? Not that not the silicon wafer um, and also I was talking about Photoshop we were talking about Photoshop 2021 um, uh, looking at the chart that I think this was Mark's pick or, which had the breakdown of which which apps were uh, running natively on the M1 which ones were running Rosetta and I had mentioned that I thought that all of the Adobe stuff was already on the M1 but it turns out that the uh, thanks to Paul Wilkinson on our Slack channel um, uh, pointed out that the m uh, so Photoshop actually runs on Rosetta 2 but uh, but he did give a link to the beta. If you want to sign up for the beta version of Photoshop, which does run on the M1 chip, so thanks, Paul, for that. And uh, I was, normally throw over to Jaime and say, "Do we have any Ask MTJC?" But I kind of know the answer to that. There's a few yeah, that are Do users. we have any Ask MTJC today? <laughs> well, we have a couple, actually, Mark. Now that you ask, okay. um, the first one is a, was a sort of a teaser. It's a uh, I, I don't know if um, I mean this is a question for for the, the the fans of the show. Like, can you name the founders of Apple? Right, um, and many of us might even forget that there was a, a gentleman named Ron Wayne um, who was the third founder of Apple in 1977. Right, he was the, he was the the guy in the suit um, that Steve Jobs felt they needed, or the two of them felt they needed. He was he would be the decider anyway. There's a movie being made about his life um, because he famously, uh, or not famously, he he exited Apple early before they did the original IPO, I guess. Right, so he invested some money in them and then ended up. Uh, he doesn't sound like he's suffering from what I hear from from the, the stories I've heard about him but Ron Wayne is, is what this video is about I'll link in the show notes for people yeah and I saw a
3: documentary on him once he sold he sold the shares very early on so didn't, yeah. didn't make the money that Jobs and was not made by any long shot
2: yeah no and he doesn't yeah I mean like they within, what was it like three or four years before the IPO before something
3: like that yeah yeah, yeah. it
2: wasn't very long um, and then there were lots of winners and losers and that whole thing um, and uh, so and this is follow-up another follow-up here from um friend of the show or not yeah, i guess friend of the show um john Payne had posted uh asking about whether or not there's been any fermented liquors made from maple sap and because mark had asked something similar to that i guess question and and i mean my perspective is it's a sugar so yeah i don't see why you couldn't make a fermented you know alcohol kind of thing you know out of it right a little bit of yeast a little bit of maple syrup maple syrup and some water you probably could concoct something and then uh, mark posted something on our slack uh, um, of some spirits maple, that are made
3: maple liqueurs, yeah. I mean, it makes sense, you know. They make you know rum is made from sugar, mm-hmm. um, so maple syrup, I presume, is pretty high in sugar. So yeah, it seems sure, like, yeah. yeah, it seems like it would work.
0: Yeah. Yeah, like I learned that, like if you can eat it, you can probably distill and brew it in some sort of way into alcohol. Yeah, I
2: think I think if it breaks down, you can ferment it somehow. Right, <laughs> it's the rule. If if yeast will eat it, and you know, uh, then you can make an alcohol out of it, I guess, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Jaime, do you have something for Ask MTGC?
0: I do, and it's more of a, a broader question to the community, because although I have tried to get some info on this, and unless we get really lucky that one of you two fine gentlemen has experience with this, I don't even know where to start. Um, so uh, we've got a question from Jeff at Jolt Guy. If any iOS dev folks could point me to a tutorial or example of how to implement CloudKit sharing on top mm. of, and as persistent CloudKit container, I'd really Appreciate it, and I asked folks, and um, I couldn't find anything myself. That my Google, you know, uh, skills were not good enough to find stuff for this specific use case. Hmm. Yeah, either either of you two find gents, otherwise it ends up being a, a broadcast here. For you know, hit us up. Ask <laughs> hashtag Ask MTGC if you know the answer. Yeah, it's an interesting question. And a
2: persistent cloud kit container. Um, I, I, there's a number of people over at the at the Ray Wunderlich um, team that that are into cloud or into I into so core data and CloudKit, so I wonder if you've come across this as well, right?
0: Yeah, I had assumed that a uh, uh, Ray Winderlich or John Sundell or Paul Hudson sort of blog post would mm-hmm. be in there, but surprisingly not. And given how large the community is, um, I'm kind of wondering why why that's the case. Usually there should just be enough people that like somebody wrote a somebody blog or somebody yeah. yeah, somebody wrote a really well done stack overflow response or something. Okay. Apparently not. Okay, no. we'll just lean on the
2: community for that one. Perhaps we'll move on to the follow-ups. So I mean you got some follow-up y things.
0: Yeah, this one is related to the whole concept of what in the world are you doing with your build servers and et cetera. Mm. I decided to put this here in follow-up. That is the news coming out of Amazon's uh, AWS reInvent that you can now, with some caveats, have Amazon EC2 Mac instances that you can you can spin up and and run in the cloud, which is which is great. It's apparently yeah. due to changes in uh, big Sur's licensing with the caveat that there is a minimum 24-hour rental period, I think, based on the license. Hmm. Not not Amazon, like, ha-ha-ha, here's money, but more like Apple doesn't allow them to to offer something that would be done on a like a per-minute basis. So um, This is uh, something that was mentioned in Slack, our, our, our friends of the show, Slack, by a friend of the show, Evan Anderson, so giving credit there. Credits to you.
2: Yeah, no, this is pretty cool. I mean, like a lot of people are excited about this sort of um, service through Amazon, right?
3: Yeah, this is something that years ago I was exploring and, you know, just didn't exist, right? So it, it never went anywhere, but um, I think it's a great thing. Could be, could be potentially useful. We're already thinking about how can we use this for our build servers.
2: Yeah, um, we, yeah, I mean, there are many, like, Mac Mini service hosting places out there, but it's, it's physically, you know, you rent space on a, some in Toronto here, actually, but not similar to this kind of thing. Yeah, there's like Mac Stadium
3: larger scale. places like
0: that. Yeah, yeah the Mac yeah. Mini co-location, yep. or colo, as the kids like to say, uh, mm-hmm. type stuff. And there were folks on the internet, they were kind of wondering, like, oh, but if you price it out at 24 hours minimum, it doesn't take very long before you've sort of eaten up the cost of just going to the Apple store and buying a Mac mini or something. And I think that's true. I, I think what is missing in the equation is, but what do you do when you don't need that Mac mini anymore? Right. Like, right yeah. I think scaling out arbitrarily on something that you don't have to requisition, uh, particularly if you work in like a larger company, where it's like, oh no, like I have to file another dang expense report just for this one thing versus just saying like, all right, cool. So we normally have this, um, you know, this family of Mac minis that services what engineering is doing, but oops, actually when it comes out to certain times of the year, or we've got big releases, or we've got more engineers that are jumping on, you might want to just say, hey, you know what? I don't want to wait for the build server to run. I want a dedicated machine for me. Just get my stuff done as fast as possible. And once it's done, all right, cool. Just let it go off into the ether. Uh, It's not quite as easy here because it's a 24 hour minimum, but I could see where, all right, you know, for the next day, I kind of just need to not be sitting in a queue waiting for builds to run I just need to be able to churn 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 as fast as possible so mm-hmm. um, this seems like a, a nice option for that sort of case yeah and it's like in
2: the US and Ohio Oregon Europe you know Ireland Singapore pretty cool In a- interesting thing in, in this blog post he talks about having a copy of inside Macintosh it looks like a like a paperback copy I have a hardcover copy and it's the first three volumes of Mac of um, inside Macintosh pretty heavy duty stuff that's an early you know how do you
0: build stuff or how do you write stuff for Apple or hardware made that's cool and what's next next one is some of the more uh, uh, new in the news and by the time this episode comes out it will be uh, just a couple days away from the launch of the aforementioned Apple Fitness Plus coming out on December 14th and that's part of the Apple One offering as well right I believe so so I, I believe it would just come if you're using Apple One and you're on the right tier, I believe it would just be available. I yeah, that it it was the premium could... premium version of that uh, group. Yeah, like the... yeah, which um, given the way that Apple does the the tiering of iCloud storage, it, it kind of seems to me that if you're in the, the tier that needs a whole bunch of iCloud storage, you might as well turn on these extra services. I mean, why not? <laughs> it's effectively free for you.
2: Yeah, no, I think it, it's, it's something interesting. And i um, just checking the date here. Yeah, okay, nine ninety nine a month US or $79 <coughs> a year, a year. But, I, but it's also part of, I know it's, I remember it's part of the Apple One package. Yes, if you get the twenty nine ninety five one, Apple One Premier plan comes with that as well. So that's cool. And then just to follow up on that one, this is a story, and I guess it kind of coincides in that, uh, I guess the iPhone, sorry, the Apple Watch SE, uh, which was re- uh, introduced a few months ago, um, requires a family setup if you want to do, like if you want to give your kid a watch and uh, doesn't have to have an iPhone attached to it. You can use this uh, this family setup uh, program, and that's going to be coming to Canada. Uh, soon, it says, this is printed on the, yeah, so around the same date, uh, December 14th. So that must be coinciding with the rollout of Apple Fitness. So, Do you guys know if the family or the Apple Watch setup is available in the States
0: already? You happen to know? I was about to ask you, why why <laughs> was this not already in Canada? And then I see the next bullet point that says, oh, you know, if you have wireless, uh, sorry, mm-hmm. y- 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 you have a cellular service plan sort of thing it's available through Bell in Canada and I said oh yeah probably getting that part set up with a local carrier in Canada um, yeah so if you
2: if you're with Rogers you better not have kids I guess is the point right <laughs> I'm with Rogers
0: <laughs> you better have adult kids that are their, their own their own adults now and their
2: own their yeah. own families yeah good for Bell I'm sure it'll come to Rogers any day now but I'm sure that that's actually uh, to answer your question it's usually has to do with carrier deals as to why these things don't necessarily come out if they require a cellular Service, it's, you know, getting that ink to ink to dry in time. And just a quick note here too that uh, Xcode uh, 12.3, I believe, it may already be in release, or it's at least in re- release candidate mode, um, which means you know you can download it today, and it's basically the the, the version that's going to or the build that's going to come out on the App Store in a few days anyway. Um, and it's add support for iOS 14.3, and which is on a few devices, and as well support for the AirPods Max and you asking yourself, "What is that?" And of course, the Apple Fitness. So the cool stuff. Alrighty, so we'll get we'll come back to the AirPod Max in a minute, but we'll uh, we'll take a diversion some some more hacker news that Jaime's got for us.
0: Yeah, this will be well timed for those uh, those new release candidates that are coming out. Uh, you probably should update because um, this zero click Wi-Fi exploit from maybe like a, a week and a half ago. We'll uh, have the link in the show notes for those of you driving at home. Um, when this article from Mars Technica says that it's you know one of the most breathtaking hacks ever. It is definitely breathtaking when you watch the video. I highly recommend that. Um, It it is like in the movies where somebody points their phone at something and, or their laptop and they've taken over your whole phone. Uh, It uses a whole slew of bugs. It's starting with a, apparently a buffer overflow in the uh, Apple wireless direct link um, networking protocol, which is really, really kind of interesting that, um, that that was the, the the weak point. Um, I, I, will say that apparently uh, this uh, vulnerability in particular is uh, is patched if you have like the COVID-19 contact tracing stuff, if you've updated to the latest versions of the operating system that have that. Um, but it, it, it's pretty impressive. Like it, it is definitely a, a a key point towards trying to make sure that you stay as up to date as possible, not just for all the cool emoji and Animoji that come out with those. Like, I understand that's realistically why people do it, but uh, or a uh, brush your teeth and do your taxes on time sort of. Thing, uh, doing it for your security, I think, is probably the uh, and, and the security of friends and family is probably the big reason here.
3: Yeah, that cool. one definitely falls in the scary as bleep category. Mm-hmm. That
0: this yeah, because usually,
3: usually the exploits are like, oh, we
0: had to convince you to download this enterprise provisioning profile. Right, okay. Yep. Oh, we had to convince you to download this hacked version of Xcode or uh, you know, the, install this uh, from source open source app and you didn't know it was doing some nefarious thing. This one was, I am just casual in your immediate area and uh i'm taking over
3: yeah driving by your house taking over your phone mm. yeah. yeah yeah i was
0: just going to say we're all safe because we're
2: at home right but mm. not so much eh? all you need on top of a pandemic all right <laughs> and what's what's the big news though i mean i guess Big, the big news big is
0: uh, also coming out very soon, one day after Apple Fitness Plus, on December 15th, is the AirPods Max, that is Max as in maximum, not as in you know, Macintosh, plural. Uh, they're $549 US noise-canceling headphones, the, the very long-rumored and, and in some cases, much-awaited headphones, over-the-ear cups uh, kind of headphone. Hmm. It like a digital crown on it, too. It does, in fact, have a digital crown, which is folks it noted thing like... Is the a digital crown? Does it function the same way? or like a volume control kind of deal? Uh, I know it's uh, volume control uh, for like precise volume control. You, uh, they, they show it activating Siri, I think. So it, it's sort of like the they took an Apple watch and just like shoved it right in there <laughs> onto the left ear and said, there you go. Now we just need to put a speaker on that side. Oh, it has Siri built into it? Yeah, can... I, and I think it's kind of like the AirPods or AirPods Pro where you can activate. Like I don't have either head, one of those. Maybe? so I don't know how you do it, but you can activate Siri with those as well. Uh, right. Slightly different mechanism. So there's no shiny Apple logo on it, though, that I Nowhere, see. really? That's, that's a design choice, which is interesting, because mm-hmm. it, it does, in some respects, I think, make it look a little cleaner. And it is sort of a, well, if you see the design, you, you kind of know
3: it's an Apple, right? Um, very similar to Apple Watch. but You would think I, they'd do just a little subtle one on the outside of each earpiece. You know, maybe just like a, a little indent indentation in the shape of the Apple or something like that, so it's not even a change in color. It's a really subtle thing. Yeah, I, mean, I
2: heard that mm-hmm. stitched into the into the, the fabric that covers the ear is a big l and a big r because i guess you can't really tell oh, i mean yeah i don't know if you know this or not but if you have a studio pair of headphones that have a wire on them the wire always goes on the left ear a lot of people don't know that but um yeah, yeah so well, kind of actually interesting. it's
3: interesting so the beats stuff never has an apple logo on it right it says it has a
0: big b though right
3: yeah right. i don't think there
0: is an apple logo anywhere
3: i think right, they kept right. their branding separate there yeah yeah so i wonder if this came out of the, the beats factory well there's probably there.
2: like a very small in, inscribed you know, copyright design in California kind of thing. Message on it somewhere, and I'm sure there's an Apple sitting there, probably mm. like in a really small typeface, right? Mm-hmm. but Who knows? Yeah,
0: the the magnetically attached ear cups is uh, pretty cool because. Uh, so as we are recording this, I'm using my Sony MDR7506 headphones. Um, pretty pretty standard radio type stuff. Not, nothing fancy gets the job done, meat and potatoes wise. Um, mm-hmm. Replacing the cups, which I have done precisely once in the lifetime of this show, is it's not. Hard, I'm not gonna say it's hard, but it is a finicky hassle, mm. right? You just you just don't want to do it. It's like trying to get you know that that one piece of of you know beef out of the back of your your gums sort of thing. Like it just wedged <laughs> itself back that it's like, Come on, dude! Like I just I don't want to. You know the water picks life. were on sale on Amazon a few weeks ago, right? So yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and uh, so that's I think that's pretty cool. The the little case is kind of cool. The the mesh over the top of the, the you know the piece goes on top of your head and the, the Headband, yeah, you know, attachments that looks really smooth. Like it all seems like really cool, great fit and finish. Um, and and certainly, I think these will be a pretty nice item if you have one. Uh, question <laughs> is. And I'm sure we're not going to be the only ones talking about this. At 5:49 US, mm. uh, gentlemen, are, are any of you all looking to pick these up? Uh, no, that's a hard
2: no.
3: Yeah, um, I'm pretty much no.
2: Yeah, is is uh, like a Bang and Olson would be something I would go for, and I don't think they're that expensive, right? And or even Boss, Bose. Bose, Bose, Bose. Bose. You know, headphones. I don't know Steinheiser. I would go with you know. I don't know. I don't know if I would. Uh... I mean, because it talks to my Mac, and because it you know has the the uh, the AW that you just talked about. The, the hackable wireless built into it, you know? Uh, I don't know. Inexpensive, expensive item. But I'm sure, I'm sure the kids will, kids will all run out and get them. I'd rather spend my money on an M1, to be honest with you. Speaking of which, um, so w- this is a story that I, f- I read today uh, from uh, Mobile Syrup, I think. Yes, Mobile Syrup. Uh, that there's no U1 ultra wide chip inside these AirPods. So I guess they're not hackable, um, which is interesting because, you know, they're in most of the new devices the iPhone 12, Apple Watch. Series 6 and the HomePod Mini all have them um, and it's uh, a chip that uh, lets it's, or, or the wireless connection right for was I was reading this earlier today but surprisingly not inside those and actually one of the did you see the thing on, on our Slack where one somebody was saying that the Beats some of the Beats headphones have metal weights in them to make them feel premium huh. do you see that?
0: I've heard yeah. that and never knew if it was actually true because there are contrarians that say well actually that's the knockoffs that do that oh so, the knockoffs so maybe right, you think right. you have Beats but it's Beats like vegetable or something, you know, mm, the, the, right. the 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 Chinese knockoff you accidentally got on Amazon or something, and I yeah I don't know enough about that sort of thing to know the truth, but it could make sense that somebody might do something like that. I mean, you, I mean, if you think about it as being like the, um, I never understood why back in the old days, for not for you guys, but for the the children listening at home. So back in the old days, you used to have just a single phone line going to your entire household right we didn't have individualized right. uh, cellular mobile phones and what was fairly common for the handset was for people to say oh i like the clear plastic one i can see the inside i never liked that because it was like seeing the man behind the curtain of like this thing is a cheap piece of crap <laughs> why do these cost so much it looks like 20 cents worth of electronics go in there i feel like the same thing applies for headphones where uh, yeah there's some cool uh, tech that goes into it but for me volume perspective <laughs> well that that was not a pun. for a uh, volume in terms of like physics mass and etc dimension type volume almost none of this is electronics right it's almost all plastic and some steel some rubber and felt and that sort of thing right i mean there's some science in
2: in the the shape and size of the the case like the actual part that fits over your ears i'm sure that has something to do with acoustics and and noise canceling as well right um but yeah it's uh interesting i I mean headphones haven't changed since i was a kid like you know i used to take them apart when i was a kid and just like a little speaker coil, magnetic coil with a with a paper cone. In most cases, you stick over your head, and and if you think about it, like how small you can make a like if, like you just mentioned Beats or even Apple AirPods. I mean, you get really a phenomenal sound from such a small little speaker. Um, other than you know, like like Mark was saying earlier in in earlier episodes that you know he was looking forward to an over the ear headphone because of the whole doesn't fit in his ears kind of deal, right? Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's an expensive item. I think it's. I mean, home
0: pod was expensive when it first came out too right like i don't know if there's uh, a logic to it right so we we make fun of the fact that the uh the apple uh what is it the the ipod hi-fi i forget what the name of that device is uh, oh yeah yeah and and the home pod were both the very magic number the magic failure number of 349. 349 yeah um maybe apple was listening to this very show and said you know what maybe we should make it not 349 and they said oh, all right it's 549 exactly do you do? Yeah. it's like well we can't beat 249 that's too low that's basically the price of airpods bro
3: yeah and the or 49. yeah the other premium noise reduced re- noise reducing headphones like from bose or whoever uh cost what is it like 300 roughly so this yeah, has to yeah. this has to be at a higher price point since it's an apple product
2: true, true. even even higher than bang and olsen do they make headphones yeah around 300 dollars. three yeah yeah 350 or so yeah canadian
3: even <laughs> well 350 canadian that's like 20 bucks in the u.s right exactly yeah. <laughs> nose in your
0: cracker jacks box
2: yeah
3: yeah um,
0: exactly.
2: It
3: is
0: kind of cool that they they added in the, the quick charge. You get a five-minute charge. It gets you 90 minutes of playback time, um, mm. which is pretty neat. I, I don't understand, to this article's point, why they didn't put the ultra-wideband chip in there. Um, yeah, no, no. Yeah. It makes sense. It, it, it sort of makes sense when they say, like, oh, well, they had to cut out some stuff, and, you know, Pandemic probably to made stuff. To fit it in, you mean? <laughs> well, I mean, who, who knows? Cause there's, there's a lot of stuff that goes into engineering this, and I'm sure that the Pandemic made stuff even harder harder to deal with to get the fit and finish and other things it's like this is a hard thing to do without being in person right like i totally get that um i'm just unclear why uh like it's releasing so close to the holidays there is very little chance even if you say you know what 549 that's great i'll just go ahead and buy it are you going to be able to get it on uh you know before the holidays like yeah. this feels like it could have waited a little no i
2: know i was reading earlier you're not going to be able to get these before the holidays like even, the, even at, the very, at an apple store right well, Luckiest
0: early folks are not going to be able to it's like, take your pre-order, and we'll see you in twenty twenty one. Yeah, yeah. I was just I just saw
2: a headline that said they weren't going to be available. By the way, I found what the ultra wide uh, chip does. It it um lets the device know where you are in the room rela- in relation to other devices in the room that have the same chip. Right though. So, again, why it's uh it's used for for AirDrop and things like that. Maybe that's
0: maybe that's why because you're not really AirDropping things. I know I for know. the AirPods, like the the Pro AirPods, it will let you because that's not all it does. It also does the like figuring out where you are in relation that can also be helpful we think for things like the air tags right of like mm-hmm. where where mm-hmm. is this device point me in the direction well, also airdropping like you can
2: wave your phone over your home pod and and if you're relatively close to the home pod the audio changes and comes out of the home pod right
0: yeah yeah and that's that's really good and cool I, I would guess for this release you could get away without needing that um, just because you're not going to be terribly far away from your headphones if you're playing through your 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 iPhone, and given the size of these, unlike the other AirPods, you're probably not going to lose these under the couch cushions or something,
2: right? <laughs> so you kind of don't need something. But, but to the tell dog you. will sit on them and break them, right? Well, not your dog, my dog, <laughs> the other Mac, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. old Mac size. Poyol. He'll fall over. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, under the uh, no surprises to nobody uh, stories, um, leaks have come out in the last couple of days. Uh, Mark German over at Bloomberg has brought out this article on it's been picked up and run with by a lot of people. That Apple is preparing the next generation of Apple silicon chips. Surprise, surprise! Um, but some interesting some interesting theories and uh, discussions about what they're they're coming out with. Possibly eight core, possibly twelve core um, devices, um, which would make them super duper. Um, no idea what, of course, they're going to be called. Whether it'll be M two or, or M X or M plus or something, right? M one plus. But yet, yeah, and Apple stated that it's going to. It's a two year plan that they're going to bring be Bringing these things out over time. I mean, introducing them in Macs. I mean, we've been talking about the the iPad. The first iPad was the first generation of Apple silicon, essentially, uh, with the A1 chip, I think it was, right. Um, and uh, I was reading, I heard something earlier today that the original iPhone had a Samsung chip in it, so uh, it wasn't in the, in the first iPhone. But um, yeah, there's some more M1s coming out. Um, you know, with uh, maybe even 32 cores in some cases. People are speculating, or at least rumoring. I don't know if you guys had a chance to look at this, or, or I, p- I posted a video from Rennie Ritchie. He basically goes through this article and does his hot takes on it, right? Um, you guys had a chance to scan it, or...?
0: Yeah, I haven't seen the video, but the reading the article about the distribution of cores is interesting that regardless of how many extra cores they add, they're probably gonna keep the four um efficiency cores. And and that seems to make a lot of sense in that if you're at the point at which you're only using the efficiency cores, it's like, well, you probably don't have stuff that is very computationally expensive. And that if you're gonna add extra cores on top of that, they're probably the the just letter rip full, full power, full speed ahead sort of cores. That you would want to just crunch tons and tons of numbers. That, that wasn't something that I had really thought about. I was like, oh, maybe they'll just split it in half. And then seeing the way this article described it, I was like, oh, no, actually, yeah, that's right. It makes sense that you'd have just some, some baseline number of efficiency cores and every other core you add after that would be your most powerful cores.
3: Yeah, I, I think we'll see, you know, we'll, see, we'll have to see something that's a little bit higher powered to handle the 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 uh, you know the larger machines. I mean, there, there there's, there's definitely a reason why they, they came out first with the Smallest, lowest-end machines for the for the first generation, uh, because probably mostly because of power considerations. If you, you need more power to power, no pun intended, to power a bigger thing, uh, and that generates a lot more heat, and and mm-hmm. uh, uh, just as you know, it's just more tricky to deal with. So so the next generation will you know will reduce the power need per core or whatever, and, and uh, they'll be able to power the larger machines that way. Have more memory, have higher higher speed. So yeah, I mean. More cores is good, but but there's there's other stuff too. You know, it's not just all about just pure processing speed. Uh, you need a bigger display. You need you need um, as I said more memory, so you need more more electrons for that.
2: Yeah, aren't these things that also involved? Aren't the, like the computer chips involved in other processes or systems in the, the actual computer itself, like running the fans, running the keyboard, running the display? Well, a, a lot of that
3: is on chip. I mean, they they may have some small functionality in in different silicon. Possibly, but maybe not. It could all just be on the on the system on a chip.
2: Yeah, because in back in the old Mac two FX days, there were a whole lot of daughter chips and things like that, right. as well as the main CPU for different purposes, right? Mm-hmm. And like on the MacBook Pros that we're running around with right now, some of us have two um, separate um, graphics card graphic chips in them, right? And they switch back and forth depending on on the need,
0: right? Cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm kind of from a, a engineering trade off perspective, I'm kind of interested in seeing what the the next higher thing. looks looks like for the next tier of laptops um and then from the okay what if we just pretended that money was no object for electricity consumption mac pro 128 cores saying just all the cores just just throw cores on top of cores sort of things um and 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 watches it has only a a singular perfunctory fan that just sounds like very, very, very <laughs> light <laughs> like, like somebody's trying to whistle for the very first time kind of thing. Yeah. Um yeah, yeah, that that's what I'm curious in seeing the, the, the two ends of the spectrum of like very hard engineering trade offs. You know, get more powerful while maintaining a reasonable battery life and, and, and a fan that's not gonna hurt your soul. And yeah. on the other end of like, I really don't care, just get as much performance as possible, no matter the cost.
3: Yeah, but at some point the number of cores for you know for today's programming abilities, coding abilities uh and needs, the number of You'll just have too many cores. You won't be able. It won't be able to take advantage of that. You won't get any real actual extra performance out of it. Because think about when you write your code right now, how many different threads are running at any given time? I mean, there can be a lot, but but you know, are are you really maxing out your cores right now? Probably not. And and even if you know if you're doing a lot of heavy graphics and stuff like that, um, yeah, sure. I mean, that could help. But
2: I would think video video processing and video rendering would be something that would require a lot of cores. Yeah. Right?
3: But yeah, potentially. Yeah, if anything that can be paralyzed can benefit from that. That's true. Yes. Yeah. So, sure. For your real pro, you know, people who are, you know, if you work at uh, Pixar or something like that, you're rendering a lot of 3D stuff. Then, yeah, yeah, you could probably you could probably benefit from that. But the average user, I mean, probably you know, they're not doing enough to make it worth it right now. I'm not saying that it'll never be that way because you know there was there were times when people said, oh, who would ever need you know 20 megabytes of hard drive, right? But <laughs> but obviously that that things change. And, and I'm sure you know in, in the at some point in the future, 120 cores would, will be a useful thing, but I'm not sure that today that a, a laptop can take advantage of that. I don't know.
0: Yeah, when, one day we'll be able to do uh, full clean rebuilds on Xcode and Android Studio and run Slack at the very same time without raising right. the ambient temperature <laughs> in the world right, right. for a
3: brief second. But multiple cores doesn't necessarily cool off your machine. It just means that you are running, you are pumping the same current in a different part of your chip. Yeah, still it Is doesn't the same amount of
2: current, same, it amount it of current? current. same amount of
3: current same amount of current
2: yeah oh, Sure. Oh. sure all right well let's move on to our giant pick section of today's show um do you want me to go first or sounds good all right okay so a uh, couple of weeks ago when we were recording uh, uh, we were talking in the after show about uh, I was talking in the after show about um having to I got one of my apps got uh pulled from Apple because I hadn't touched it in a while and I think they were they were going through and evaluating what apps would be working on silicon and things like that so um, a few of us on our Slack got notices that some of our apps were taken out. so when I went to fix up the app, you know, got rid of some deprecated methods and stuff like that and cleaned it up, I went to put it up on the app store and I found that I had to have a, uh, I had to have screenshots for the new, um, iPhone 12 pro max, which is a new size. And I also had to have a screenshot for the third generation of the iPad pro. Right. So, I mean, this app, I hadn't touched it in probably two or three years. So I didn't have those sizes built in, obviously. So, um, I thought I would use my trusty uh, tool. I mean, I have a Photoshop template that I've used in the past and, you know, and I've got different layers so I can do different languages and stuff like that and of the screenshots and um, I could basically build like uh, a number of things. But every time, I, every time I had to go to a new size, I had to scale up the, the Photoshop file itself, right? So that was a bit of a challenge as well. So Elix Krauss came up with Fastlane as a tool to automate a lot of the things that we do in you know getting our apps ready for the app store, whether it's um, a number of things you can do within within the builds, but one of the coolest things about it is you can also do screenshots, right? And so you can automate the whole process of screenshotting. Uses uh, some some Ruby and some gems. Um, and uh, if you have, uh, in the case of um, if you want to do like a, like a, like a marketing kind of view of your app, um, you can actually also put the frame of the actual phone on too. And using uh, Image Magic, which is a you know open source tool you can install on your Macs, kind of like an open source version Version of Photoshop, but it's not Photoshop. Um, so yeah, so I was able to automate the the Fastlane to do that. I had took, it took a little while to get you know back up and running with Fastlane. Um, when you first initially set it up, it's it's it can be a little ornery, but you can decide which uh, which devices you want to build screenshots for, and you can also just des- decide on what languages you want to support. What it does is you can you go into the UI, you add a UI testing um, scheme to your uh, to your uh, your app, and then you run the app through the paces, you do a record recording or you tell it where to go in the app depending on how your routing is set up. And when it gets to specific places, you can take a screenshot. So, you know, I had like, you know, you did three or four different views. And what's nice about it, once you get that set up and you've got the, the UI test set up um, and you run Fastlane, it will launch uh, an iPhone 12 Plus or tw- uh, iPhone 12 Pro Max simulator, run through the paces and take the screenshots. And that'll open up an iPad Pro third generation and run through the process, take those screenshots. And you can do an S you can do any number of things. You can do all the different um, devices if you want and all the different languages and that kind of stuff. So, um, and then if you, you know, you can just keep running that same thing over and over again until you get the screenshots the way you want them. And then you just upload them to the app store and you're off to the races. So one of the cool things is, um, I forgot the name of the, the, the process, but one is to, to, to actually do the screenshots. I think it's called Screen It. And then Frame It will actually build the frame for, we'll put the, the screenshot in a frame that looks like a phone. So that was cool. That's how I managed to get that that task done. Nice. Yeah. My next pick is uh, James Dempsey of James Dempsey and the Breakpoints um, has put together a really useful uh, Swift version website. Um, and if you're working with, you know, if you're supporting older versions of, of Swift or Xcode or whatever, um, what's what's cool about this is it's a quick little resource that tells you uh, what version of Swift of uh, Xcode contains which version of Swift, right? So current, currently we have uh, uh, Swift 5.3.1 is available in Xcode 2. Uh, 12 and up. Um, there is no, I just, in development is Swift 5.4, but if you were like you're working with, well, I don't know what, let's say uh, Xcode 11.2, it has Swift 5.1.2 in there. So it's a kind of nice little table here uh, to quickly help you figure out what version of Swift shipped with which version of Xcode and when. But it also has the dates print, printed here as well. Kind of a quick little resource. And then the next, <laughs> my next pick um, is, is can be kind of long and, and um, I have, I have to, go to go through each one of these mm-hmm. as as well, to, to see what they are. So the, uh, Paul Hudson is tweet is doing a daily tweet uh, this this uh, starting nine days ago as we record on the what are we the 9th of December. So I guess he's doing one for every day of December and or maybe up to Christmas. I guess um, these are all little Xcode tips and tricks and are little you know ten minute uh, videos. Some of them are like even animated gifs. Uh, but he, in each one of these, he's tweeted uh, a short little clip which talks about a trick a little trick you can do in Xcode. So today's trick uh, on Nine, number nine was about autocomplete. When you're when you're typing out some code and you get the autocomplete come up, sometimes your screen's not wide enough to show the entire uh, autocompletion, but you can click on it and drag and click on it. And when you do that, it drag it writes out the whole length of the uh, the, the autocomplete, which is kind of nice. Uh, number eight was if you're working with uh, Xcode and you've got the simulator open, you can put them side by side and then use the tile windows feature built into, I think it's Big Sur, and that way you can code and See your simulator at the same time as you're working on it. So one one of the things, if you work in SwiftUI, sometimes sometimes when you're working in SwiftUI, you don't necessarily want to have the Canvas view open. But every time you open a Swift a new SwiftUI file, Apple opens up the Canvas view. So the command ret- command return will will get rid of that view. But once you've got rid of the Canvas view, you can go up to the menu and, and pull it again. But the, but here talks about the uh, the screenshot to, or sorry, the key command to bring the key the uh, preview back again. Command Option P will bring it back. So Command Option Return will hide it and Command Option P will show it again. Um, yeah, so when you're searching for something in Xcode, this is number six. Searching for the number in Xcode, you do a Command Shift F to get the whole, to search the entire app or the entire, you know, scope of what your search criteria is. Um, and you'll get like a list along the left hand side in your, in your find pane of all the various things that are all, they're all sort of like expanded. And if you want to uh, go through each one of them at a time and you hit the backspace key on your keyboard, it will collapse that view. So you can go through them and, and, and uh, sort of shorten, shorten, and figure out which ones you've already looked oh, at. Oh, that one's nice. So, yeah. yeah, it's a handy yeah. one, yeah. Yeah, I've,
0: I've used that one in a situation where you, you work on an app and a company name changes, and you're like, oh my gosh, I am shaking my fist at the people who decided not to have some some string name in a constant's place were the name of this company. And uh, it is very handy to be able to delete those entries to use as your working list. like, of All right, there are 150 different places where I may have to change this, <laughs> let me go do it because some of them were like oh it's the name of the storyboard oh uh it's the name of this related but not the same thing uh naming is difficult as as uh, you might hear in the industry a lot um but it was at least kind of nice and satisfying to say okay cool i changed that one delete the entry what's next what do i need to look at i I highly recommend this tip
2: yeah i wonder if that works with you know when you when you do do a build and you have a thousand third-party libraries and they all have you know uh, deprecated methods in them and they all kind of expand i wonder if you can do the the, the trick to remove them. I always go through and click the little disclosure triangles. But yeah, the you I can went.
0: use the the scope stuff. So you know, quite often that third party stuff is like in a cocoa pod or something. That yeah, you could just exclude, like, don't look at the whole workspace, just look at the one particular project. Um, oh, okay. But right, right. yeah, if you know, it takes extra clicks to do that. Whereas you could be like, search it all. Oh, I didn't want those. Great, just nuke out the the entries that were found in your cocoa pods or some. Yeah, another cool one is when you're going
2: through uh, your your code and. Uh, there's some uh, error or a deprecated method or something like that um, and you get a fix-it that pops up um, and sometimes there's two or three options to fix things. Uh, what he says here is a faster way is to go up to the editor menu and choose the fix fix all issues and it'll go through and apply the fix, fix all the fix-its and then you can basically go through and check your code to make sh- you know, see what's changed. Hopefully you have you know version control turned on so you can see what, what's been modified and just verify that, that is the fix that you actually want which is kind of nice.
3: Sounds like kind of a dangerous
2: one well, again, like I said, you it's up to you to sort of make sure you're you've chosen the right thing for you, right? Yeah, yeah, um, sometimes sometimes a fix it will give you two two or three options, especially if the compiler doesn't understand what you're trying to do,
0: which never happens for me. I also highly recommend using the features of the built in git stuff before you do this sort of thing, so that if it does something horribly wrong, you can very easily get back yeah, to do working yeah.
2: life. Yeah, I always, I always check the uh the changes before I, before I make any commit. Um, this one's kind of cool. Cool. I'll turn this one again on. I heard about this one before. We talked about it on, on the show before. I think when Xcode 12 first came out, they added spell checking into Xcode. But you can go up to the, uh, I think it's the under the editor menu again, edit menu, and you can turn on check spelling while you're coding, or, or yeah, under mm-hmm. format, spelling, and grammar, expelling, whatever. It actually, because I, I don't know about you, but I type self backwards all the time. <laughs> you know, uh, I don't, I just, I have to, I have to like practice. Yeah. Yeah, sluff. Yep. Yeah, sluff. And, and it'll fix that one up. And it'll also, also, as you're making comments or writing out your your, uh, your, your function, you know, decla- declaration, you're making up a word or whatever, it'll actually make sure that it's spelt in, in the Queen's English, as we like to say up here in Canada.
3: One thing that I would really love that, that I don't think exists is for some reason, the way I type, when I when I hit the shift key to capitalize the first letter of something,
0: Yeah,
2: I
3: tend to hold the shift key down a little too long, so the next character is also capitalized <laughs> and I have to go in and change it. If they could Automatically fix that. Yeah, exactly.
2: It would be, be nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, the other thing too is I don't know. If, I've been practicing like touch typing, and mm-hmm. you know, it, it's a trick. But you, you the thing, that, what I've learned is you use the opposite hand's finger to hold the shift key down. But when you're typing a full, fully uppercase word, that can be mm-hmm. challenging. But
3: your brain, your brain will eventually. It's kind touch of like it. it's kind of like cross picking on the guitar, right? You change strings. Yeah. You have to do the upstroke.
2: Yeah, I, I never do the upstroke. that's so Yeah. My, one of my biggest flaws. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah hard. Anyway, it's uh, hard. Anyway, more than just Okay. Number three's pick was, uh, or number three's uh, uh, tip was, uh, and I didn't know this. I've seen people do this before, but because a lot of times, you know, when I when I want to see where uh, um, the scope of, of of my code is between the curly braces, right, or what the code block is, I'll, I'll t- I used to just you know t- back and forth across the bottom cursor, and I would look at the top to see where the where the which one flashed yellow to show you which which was the matching uh, mm-hmm. curly brace or matching parenthesis. Um, but if you double click on the curly brace. Able to oh, select the entire block.
3: That's really nice. That's amazing. Yeah, that's
0: a that's a nifty one. I I I don't even know. Are, are some of these new or are some of these like I just didn't? Oh, they've know? They've been around it, for a while. It's yeah, just been around for a while. I think some of them are new to Xcode twelve as well. That's like a really the nice autocomplete one. one you started off with. I was like, has it always done that? <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> some of those table view ones like they get a little painful. Oh, wait till we get to
2: number one. Number, number one is going to blow your mind. I, I've 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 wondered this one for like my entire Swift career. Um, but number two is, uh, this, this is a, an odd one. I haven't actually tried this one out, but he was saying that if you adjust, uh, if you have your simulator open, you can adjust the dynamic type sizing in the simulator on the fly when, you're, when you've when you got your build going, which is kind of cool. So you can actually see the different type. Case. If you look at the little video here he's got going, um, you basically go through and toggle on the different sizes and the, the, the characters will change. Like an animal, I've been going into the app and I've been going over, you know, in on the simulator, going back to settings, going into accessibility, the turning on the large font or changing this and then going back to my app and looking at it to make sure that that my dynamic type is working properly or my table rows are resizing properly but this you can do on the fly right from within xcode which is really nice
0: but you didn't know that one did you that may be just that may be a new one xcode 12 i've seen people give tips for that sort of thing i didn't know you just do it like that in there so it's not new it's definitely new to me that you could do it right there
2: so number one drum roll please this is my favorite one of all and because i've wondered about this like you know when you when you're when you write a struct, you get an initializer for free. you can and and I've often wondered, okay, so I you know I create my variable and I you know inside my into in my class, and then I need to go in and do the init init statement. And it's always the same style over and over again. And like an animal, I go through and just type it all out. You can use this refactor generate member wise initializer, and it'll automatically do that for you.
0: That one's great because i I remember there were like different scripts and maybe even. Plugins to Xcode at some point in time when Xcode let you do that to, to do this for you. So it's fantastic they do it. It's something you can just hit out of the refactor menu.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well, especially if you, if you, if you decide you want, yeah, just like, like, I don't know why we we're writing this over and over again, but it just, it just seemed to be something that was just begging to be automated. Right. So, yeah. and, and there it is. I don't know if this is, again, I don't know if this worked in previous versions of Xcode, but there it is in Xcode 12.
3: This is, this is as good as them auto synthesizing uh, yeah, properties, properties in Objective C. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yep. Silence from the, from the I, I, I <laughs> kind <laughs> of remember having to do the weird synthesize, but I only I had to remember. do it
0: for like a month to three months because I came in right at the tail end of iOS 4 when uh, 5 had, had become available for um, through WWDC but hadn't launched into production in like September. So I didn't have to do the... Like, it wasn't as amazing to me because I didn't have to grit my teeth through it for as long as you guys did. Mm-hmm. It's funny, you know, I still
2: have a, an app on... The app store that has manual me- memory man- manual, yeah, manual memory management in it. Oh yeah. I never I, I never upgraded it to our
3: release for today and auto release. Auto release pool. Yeah. I guess uh, auto release pools do like Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. All that crazy yep. stuff.
2: Anyway, that's it. That's all I got. Not only nine tips. Of course, by the time this, this show comes out,
0: there'll be at least two more. Maybe three, right?
2: You'll have to
3: do <laughs> check them out. Follow up
0: next me. week. Yeah. Is he doing like a like an advent calendar? Because I'm looking at the days and it, it kind of makes sense if you said... That I think that's the general gist. Is,
2: it's kind of like an advent calendar of, of Xcode tips. Yeah, I think he does say on the first day what uh, let me go back to that one. That first tweet. Because I did I did read about this before I jumped into it. I think he I think he tweeted saying stay tuned, you know,
0: for, for a bunch of these things coming out. So yeah, super handy. Thanks, Paul. All right, over to you, honey. Pick. This is a, a new link, I will state because it is uh it is dated November nineteenth, two thousand twenty. Um, but it's it's kind of content-wise, a pick so nice. We've picked it twice, possibly thrice in the history of this, this show. But uh, it, it still amazes me that there are folks out there who, who haven't heard the good word. So i are given to you now of enabling Touch ID or the sudo or sudo, if you, if you like that uh, name, uh, command on your machine. It will make your life so much better in a, in, a, in a very seemingly fractional way until you get used to, oh, yeah, I don't have to type in my password. I don't even have to trigger one password. Just, hey, I want to do this thing. No, bro you can't unless you're the super user oh go well let me just use touch id it's it's not uh, i wouldn't say it is trivial to change because there are like areas of the uh, file system you'll be manipulating that that as long as you follow this this setup here uh it's not going to be like too much uh dark magic um but if you're willing to to give it a try it's it's not that hard to say to do so did you know that for those of us
2: for those of you don't use our clam clamshell mode max that when you enable this it
0: actually shows you in the in the touch bar it says press here for for sudo have you tried that? i haven't tried that no which i guess speaks to how little i use the touch bar because it's off to the side and i use the, <laughs> the i use a, a 4k monitor in front of me oh as my main okay. screen. Yeah, yeah. so when i look over my brain just says that upper right hand corner of the keyboard that's where your finger needs to go
2: yeah yeah well actually i, I since you mentioned it i have i've enabled the double click to uh on my watch to double click to approve so mm-hmm. i can actually. If I'm if I'm remoting into my Mac somewhere else in the room, I can double click the watch to to do the you know the fingerprint thingy, which is the same sort of idea. And also, I've been using the the, the double click to open to to authenticate one password as well, which is super nice. That trick that think of your last pick from last week, but I'm not sure if this is the exact uh, this this uh, Pam D I D S dot S O does that. But I one of my picks from about a year and a half ago was the same deal. But I was I was talking about the touch bar will show you to tap here on the on the touch id sensor to to uh,
0: enable sudo
2: and i think you you said it but do you know what sudo stands for it gets super user, due, super but user I, do yeah, yeah. super yeah. user do okay so, so I, su- I think su- that's why
0: some people say sudo because they read it as you know do this thing yeah. i read it sudo because yeah. i didn't know that that's what it meant oh. when i first learned what it does and i was like, yeah. "Oh, sudo, like sudo ephedrine. All right, whatever. It's the it's the secret yeah. cheat code to let me do this as a as an admin. Well, when I
2: but when when um, macOS 10 first came out, I had an app called sudo and it was spelled p s e u d o and it was uh, it allowed you to, to sort of put macros in that would do these kind of commands on the fly for you without having to go to the, to the uh, terminal like an animal and
3: type sudo.
2: Anywho, nice.
3: Well, you know there is an su command, right, as well.
2: Yes, yeah, switch to user.
3: No, it's well, super user. SU? You type SU. Well, I guess if you put SU in an, and then a user name, yeah, it'll change the user. user. Yeah. But if you just type in SU, you become a super yeah.
2: user. Well, if you've ever done web development and like and you had command, like sometimes you want to do things as the web user. So you have to do SU www or SU to a different person who may have more privileges than you do on your machine, too.
3: Yeah. So so SU is is super powerful and dangerous, right? And what used mm-hmm. to happen in the old days was people would log in as a super user and forget that they were super yeah. User. And yeah. maybe even in the days of shared terminals, they'd leave the terminal, forgetting that they were logged in as superuser. So the next person that came along all of a sudden had access to change everything, which is bad, right, right? So they came up with the sudo command as a safer way of being a superuser. So it's superuser do means just do this one thing as superuser as opposed to becoming the superuser.
2: Now, do you know if you type su- sudo space dash s, what that does? Dash s. It basically makes you super user for the session. Ah, okay. So if you have multiple of these sudo commands to type in, you can do it once. Again, it's the same sort of deals that you just said. You you basically become super user until the terminal closes or you exit, right? Um, and one other thing too, so you remember back in the early days of Mac OS X, you could actually, people insisted on being able to turn on the root
3: user? Yeah. There was a way. Super to user was and kind and of like being a root user. So well, in, according yeah, to the sudo man page, sudo-s yeah. is the same as sudo--shell. Run the shell specified by the shell environment variable if it is set or the shell is specified by invoking the user's password database entry. Hmm. That's different.
2: I, I've always thought of it as, as yeah. super user for the session. Hmm. Or five minutes, maybe. That's Maybe it's for five minutes. Okay, yeah. yeah, Maybe five minutes sounds more reasonable. I guess it depends on maybe a setting or something. I used to do that when I was working on pure Unix all the time. Hmm. It was a pain in the ass to type sudo all the time or have to remember to type it. Right, well, Marky, you,
3: you can just use SU. Yeah, so
2: Mark, you got some things
3: for us? Yeah, so it's getting to that time. Time of year, of course. I think if where, you don't order by now, you're too late, right? Yeah, it's getting pretty close. Maybe it's too <laughs> late. Yeah, but but anyway, uh, if you have Amazon and have you know Prime and you get the fast delivery, you could still do this. Uh, of course, the time of year we're talking about are the holidays coming up soon. So I found a little thing that uh, might be good as a stocking stuffer for the for the Mac fan in your life or the Apple Watch user in your life. And guys, I got to be honest, I had to decide between getting you each one of these as a little gift or making you. My pick of the week, and I didn't have a pick of the week, so sorry.
0: <laughs> getting, he's getting some coal in his, his mailbox pretty right. soon. <laughs>
3: yeah. Anyway, what it is, uh, there's there's two of them that are they're kind of the same. It's a it's a little stand for your Apple Watch that's in the shape of either a Mac or a first generation iMac, yeah. yeah. and it's kind of a, a cute little thing. It's a, just just a little you know rubber thing or whatever it's made of. I don't know uh, where you kind of you can slide in your watch charger and. And it sits behind where the screen would be on the Mac or, or the iMac. And then there's a slot where you can slide your watch in and it will attach to the to the charger and have the screen of your watch kind of appear through the screen on the uh on the little uh, on stand, as if it, it, yeah. it's the screen of the yeah. Mac, kind of a cute little thing. So we'll put a link to it on Amazon. I don't get a I don't get a cut if you buy one, but but the kind of cute right. little things.
2: Well, he's using taking advantage of the nightstand mode that the watch has, right? Yep. But yep. um, uh, and just as a side note here, I've 3D printed some of these for for Carol because she's always complaining about her thing not sitting understand and what's what's nice about this as opposed to the 3d printed ones the 3d printed ones you have to know what size watch you're making it for because mm. there's the smaller size and now there's the, the two larger sizes um, this one is it says silicon here uh, oh it's from El Lago um, but uh, I have a bunch of things by them but uh, yeah this is um, uh, silicon and so I guess it, it stretches silicone. to fit the appropriate watch Silicon, silicon
3: silicone or silicon if you're on the east coast is the basically crystalline sand which is what uh, chips are made mm-hmm, of. Mm-hmm. The lacone is kind of the flexible rubbery stuff that yeah, other that things your, are made your bre- of.
2: Your breasts may be made exactly. of. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It does say advanced silicone material. Maybe it's maybe it's uh, fluorolostomer. Who knows? Right? Remember fluorolostomer? I do not.
0: Yeah, that was <laughs> the fancy pants name for the... I, I don't know if they're still using the same Apple material watches, yeah. for the watch bands, oh. but that was the the, the bee's knees for, for the first watch's uh, bands. It took us a while to learn how to pronounce it, exactly. Fluorolostomer. Yeah, this right, is pretty cool. neat. Uh, I, I can see why folks who, who might have a little bit more uh, in, in touch with the, the original Mac style uh, for these... Um, I think when I look between the two, I'm like, wow, the, the iMac, uh, this is aqua blue. I, I guess it's not the Bondi blue, um, but close enough, mm-hmm. right? I'm like, oh, yeah, the, uh, the multicolor Macs. I'm ever seeing each of those. So, yeah, yeah. they are appealing. A lot of uh, uh, public schools had, had those in their computer labs.
3: They also make one that's a, well, uh, they, they're describing it as a generic uh, portable gaming machine, but I think that's a uh, Game
0: Boy. That is they- right. That is the original Nintendo Game Boy. Yeah. yeah I see yeah. that one in their, their little store
3: area. Yeah. That would be one for you Ronnie. so
0: I looked at a- Apple Canada here, and there's only
2: one on Prime that will ship um, before Christmas. Mm. Yeah, they have the Game Boy one. They also have an iPod one. Have you seen that one? IPod, like one. one. iPod? I don't
3: see the iPod yeah. one. No,
2: I didn't see the iPod one. Vintage media player, it says. It mm. doesn't say iPod, mm. but it looks a lot like an Apple iPod. Uh, yeah, Same idea. I had to search for it. It didn't it. show up. Right. Uh, I
0: searched for Ilago iPod and the... What do they even give the official name here? It doesn't even have... it. Just it, It's just like, dude, look at the picture. You, you know what we're selling here. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Vintage media if, player is what
2: mine's. if you don't yeah.
3: know what this is y- you just don't want it anyway so <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> ilago w6 apple watch stand compatible etc etc vintage design view your apple watch display through a blast from the past classic music player wow yeah
3: emptor, one of the comments is saying it's actually too small for a series 4 phone oh,
0: yeah oh no They yeah. need to make some new ones it does say 4
2: 5 6 here yeah it says 42 44 42 40 and 38. Um, the, you can also get the, remember the red, the black and red one, which was the U2 model of uh, iPod? Mm. Yeah, you can get that one too. Cool. But it's one of the first things I 3D printed on my, on my. oh, this is a great idea. I'm actually going to get one of these for Xavier. Um, oh no, he listens to this show. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Um, but uh, um, I can't wait until he walks over to you and he's like, dude, spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know he listens to this podcast.
2: We so just make sure don't talk about it tomorrow. But uh, he's
0: all into retro gaming, right? So, Well, did you know, Tim, because this Elago store is the gift that keeps on giving. They have a retro where Apple Where are you TV. seeing this Elago store? Uh, I don't know. I clicked on view visit the store or something. I don't know. Amazon's oh, UI is a little busy and I don't even know where it is now. But, but I clicked okay. on visiting their store oh, they visit have the Lago store yeah. oh visit Lago oh it's store. In, okay it's near okay. the top there yeah. you go it's yeah. near the top okay. Um, they yeah. have a retro gaming remote case for the apple tv remote that makes it look like a super oh, yeah. nintendo uh no way controller it's it's not the american version i don't know what colors you all ended up with in canada in america our face buttons for the the, the right hand buttons were all purple or some shade of purple and the, the multicolored ones i know were in japan and possibly europe for which game for which System the Super Nintendo the uh, Super oh, Stupy, NES oh Stupid Nintendo Super yeah Nintendo. no ours are pinkish purplish yeah, okay so you got the American colors okay gotcha yeah yeah
2: is this under charging stands what is this? or Apple Watch multiple product but you know what's cool about this is like one of the biggest complaints as we've all had is about these Apple TV remotes is you can't tell which way you're picking it up right and this will this will sort of streamline that effect right? you guys actually yeah.
3: use the Apple TV remote or do you use the I don't remote I use my phone. The phone that's I what I do yeah. Yeah. yeah I don't have an Apple well, actually, TV. actually no I but, use the one but,
2: on the on the, on the control center don't even use it i don't even use the app anymore you know what i mean by that mark
3: uh the control center on your mac you mean
2: no on your phone you pull down from the top right oh, oh you, you put the, the media uh, player buttons on there isn't it already there oh that was built in
0: it might be there by default but i don't use i don't I have
2: an it apple TV, so i turned iPhone. all that off
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh really yeah oh because you can customize
3: oh how about that
2: right. yeah you can do that can you? this is cool i like this nintendo
0: thing that's cool i'm gonna get because i have two of these and they're really annoying plus it protects them that's if true it it, it, the i couch. don't know if the apple tv remote is slick but it probably keeps it from falling off of your table too tim's entire Start house is apparently on a, on a very slight incline just given how, <laughs> how repeatedly he complained about the iphone 10 no i have started. a hundred
2: pound dog i have a hundred pound dog
0: well i guess that's it for another week so hey homie if people want to get in touch with you where would they find you i'm on twitter as at dev of the
2: hair all right and mark if people want to get in touch with you
3: mark r at smapsoft.com
2: all right once again my name is timetra t-i-m-m-i-t-r-a on Twitter, machine is where you'll find me and so until next time
1: we'll see Bye-bye. Bye. This has been another episode of the More Than Just Code podcast. If you want to find out more about the show, you can visit the More Than Just Code website at mtjc.fireside.fm. There you can find a summary and show notes of each episode. We list links to the apps, code, and news that we mentioned on the show. If you like the podcast, tell your friends, leave a comment on the website, or write a review on iTunes. And please recommend us in your favorite podcatcher. All of these things help others find out about the show. We really appreciate your help with spreading the word.
2: It says currently unavailable for the uh, vintage media player here in Canada. Do you have it there in the States? It claims it's available i don't uh, even see and,
3: where you're seeing this thing where is this thing i'm on so the website but i can't find it i, I ended up finding
0: here. the amazon link for the snes controller one wow Siri remote 75 dollars. you gotta be kidding me
2: it's funny like apple stuff here in canada because amazon doesn't sell apple stuff it's all through third parties so it's like the prices are crazy high
3: oh this uh this apple tv remote case looks a lot like the old nintendo wii case same kind of
0: strap. I feel like if you have a factory that knows how to make that material, all you yep. do is you, you just go get some wax and you start shoving things into the wax to make molds and say, "All right, good, fire it up." Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, some of them look like um, like telephones,
2: like they've got the little sort of bump in all kinds of different cases. Some of them like patterns. Now all I'm all start, now that... I'm going to search for Ilago
0: Doctor Who. Let's see. If <laughs> the Tardis. Yeah, that's a natural. <laughs> oh, there you go. There's a free idea. It does not appear to exist. Oh, I feel like it wouldn't be that season. hard to make a case that looks like the Tardis.
2: They have a MacBook Air case. What does this one look
0: like? cases. But you can get a case for your
2: your power supply. Little silicone jacket for your power supply.
0: Oh huh. yeah. I see they have people with uh, AirPods case with a little like keyring on it. So that that seems pretty useful. Or what? Or the 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 little wireless charger case that you get with the AirPods. It oh, put, those things. Okay. Yeah. yeah put like a like a little now I have to think about it, a little silicone sleeve on it with uh, an attached keyring. Mm-hmm. You can put it as part of your keys, which that seems. It's kind of
3: nice. I mean, do you say Silicon or Silicon?
0: I used to say Silicon for a very long time until on this show, hearing you say Silicon, then I have adopted your your way of uh, saying it. Yeah.
3: So I, yeah. I said Silicon when I lived on the East Coast, and then I moved out here <laughs> to Silicon Valley, and I just didn't keep saying Silicon anymore because it's Silicon Valley. <laughs> it's not, if you say Silicon Valley, people know you're not from around here. <laughs> yeah, I feel like you
2: have to, you have to adapt, silicon. you know, you got to... Uh, so Silicon like that? Silicon, Silicon. Yeah, Silicon. So one of the things that that I when I was doing part of the ultra entrepreneurial cult was you know like you have your as an entrepreneur you have a unique offering a unique unique ability unique skill that's you know what what you bring to the bring to the offering right but as things like iOS and mobile development or web development whatever it is whatever the flavor of the Jure is you know things become more commoditized right like it's like okay you know how many you know how many story points can we put on this thing and the thing is it gets to the point where it just becomes assembly, you know. Um, you know, when I was in graphics production, I, I moved away from fine art into into you know graphic design and you know print production and right there print production. You know, it's no longer. Yes, there were there were creative bits and there was writing and there was editing and there was you know photoshopping to be done. But at the end of the day, we the, the thing came in one end and you shipped yeah. it out the other end. You know.
3: Yeah, I mean, I've, you know I mean, I've been saying exactly that for a good five years now. You know, you've heard yeah. me complain about that. Yeah, yeah, and I th- and I think. So Swift actually contributed to that. You know, Swift is Swift is a language to enable um, a wider developer base. Objective because it's C. not so
2: so um, because it, because of the whole Objective C versus C thing, or or Java and all that, or what um, do you mean? It's more generic, or it's easier to learn. What's 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 well, the there?
3: Well, yeah, I, I don't know what my angle is on that. I'm not saying I don't. I'm not necessarily necessarily saying that's a bad thing, but it's just that was kind of the 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 effects of it. I'm I, I I'm not saying that it was intentionally done this way to commoditize it. it was just because Swift did appeal to a wider base uh and um, and was more readily accessible that it did open up the doors to a lot more a lot more developers uh more working in the space approach, and right. yeah. making it easier for developers to switch in and out of the space. It used to kind of be you were an iOS yeah. person, <clears throat> you had kind of a unique skill set.
2: Yeah. What, what was that laws of laws of innovation or whatever that Simon Sinek talks about where like like my, my point is, you know, I remember going to WWC in, in twenty ten in 2011 and 2012 with Carol and saying, where are all the iPhones? Why aren't people walking around with iPhones? Why aren't people walking around with with iPads? Because back then, even in, I'm talking about San Francisco, right? Even back then, not everybody didn't have an iPhone, right? And, you know, as was was it smash cut as Jaime would say? Smash cut to like today or to like 10 months ago or 11 months ago, I'd be on the streetcar on the way home or on the subway on the way home and everybody's got their face in an iPhone, right? So I think when we started this show or even when we started developing it was sort of a more rare person who was involved in mobile development right now it's like it's the job you know it's yeah. it's, the, it's the it's the role you want to apply for it's it's the future the future is plastics mark you know yeah
3: yeah <laughs> yeah well one one thing that i've noticed that is very different now than it used to be uh, is that back in the day every ios developer if they if they worked at least this is my perception if they worked for a company developing an app for a company they also had their own app, right? Every yeah, iOS yeah. developer was an indie developer also, even if they did it professionally full time. And, and, you know, a lot of times you were working for the company, you were working for the man, you know, to pay the bills so you could do your own And you stuff had your side, the side hustle at the yeah, evening. Everyone right? had a side, a side app. Uh, and it's not like that now. It's, you know, I, I, I see, I would say by far the majority of mobile developers right now do not have their own apps by yeah, a, it's a huge majority, I would say.
2: And the thing about it, you know, one of the dangers about, like working in an environment like I work in is that, you know, you and I basically ha- were the everyman developer. Like, we did everything. We did the art, we did the, yeah. you know the marketing, we did, the, we uploaded the, the binaries to the Apple store, we dealt with all the, you know, tax rules and whatever, as well as writing the code and, and building the app, yep. right? Yep. Testing yeah, people Q&A don't do that and all. anymore. Yeah, yeah no, now it's like, you know, there's a role, you have, your role is this, and this is yep. your role, and, and yep. there's someone over there who does that, and, yep. you know, and all together, you put together, an. I mean, and then I'm talking about I'm talking about like a corporation or, or you know a, a large development group, right? I'm sure in small startups you still have one or two guys who are like you know the the everyman developer, right? Right. Like all the skills, you know.
0: Anyway, it's changed. Yep. <laughs> I do think that sort of thing ends up happening and being pretty pretty true. Uh, it, mm-hmm. It's almost an extension of the things going in cycles that you would yep. see yep. maturity, right? right. Yeah, you're really on. It's right. like hey, like you know when the big players come in, it, it starts commoditizing. It starts becoming sort of more more routine. I was joking about Photoshop, you know, like Adobe's going to come out with, you know, iPhone app creator
2: 1.0 and we're sort of there with SwiftUI, right? Like, you know, you you can, you know, I, I think when storyboards first came out, I think I told you about a guy who came to me with a story, with an app idea and he'd done the entire thing from beginning to end all in storyboard without writing any code, right? And it did everything, like it was just like a, like a, a presentation sort of like a PowerPoint he'd put together and you could bounce from one place to another and whatever because he had all the exit segues and all that kind of unwind and segues and all that kind of stuff all set up and it and I said you don't need me this is ready to go it's ready to ship you know you know what I mean like like, and I think Swift UI is kind of like that too in, in the sense that you can actually drag things onto the canvas and, and write the code without knowing that you're writing code
0: right yeah and I think there's definitely a place for that sort of thing in terms of extending the reach sort of lowering the floor I think can raise the ceiling mm-hmm. um, and I, maybe it's a little counterintuitive but I think that you know if you think about folks who got like super mega popular really early on in the app store. And you look at their apps now you're like, man, this is garbage. <laughs> this stuff hardly does anything at all. But right, they were yeah. one of the few people that knew how to do it. So there was a huge barrier to entry. But uh, once you got over that, you could just sort of coast on that, right? And and I think that if you lower the barrier to entry, it's like, well, the stuff that's going to percolate to the top is going to be amazing.
2: Yeah. I think mm-hmm. back then apps were a lot simpler. I, I don't know if you remember like if you built like a travel app or whatever right um there were a lot of companies a lot of a lot of developers who would do one type of app and then they would just skin it and and release it as another app right and there was there was like people who have like 20 or 30 apps and it'd all be the a variation of a table view controller kind of app right because mm-hmm. back then it was pretty simple right mm-hmm. yeah i don't know like we're, we're almost like we're putting together lego right <laughs>
3: Oh, I finally signed up for TV Plus, Apple TV oh, Plus. Oh, Apple TV Oh yeah, Plus, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah.
2: With your with your your purchase of your phone.
3: Yeah. yeah, with my phone purchase. Yeah, yeah. So I've watched one episode of the uh, the Russians got to the moon first thing. Oh, I hate that show. It, I mean, yeah. I like
2: the show, but I hate the
3: premise. <laughs> yeah, it, I thought the, the first. episode... for all mankind. You're talking about. Yeah, first yeah. I thought the first episode kind of dragged a little bit, uh, but I guess mm. we'll see what happens. I mean, they got to the moon on the act, at the end of the first one, so.
2: Oh, it gets it's oh man, <laughs> and this a second season coming, which is you know,
3: oh, really? better. Are you telling me yeah. I shouldn't watch it? Is it that bad? do <laughs> oh, no, no. So I time? watch
2: it. I mean, like it's it's interesting, but it's 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 like they really play with the history and yeah. I don't know. I'm watching the right stuff too on on Disney on uh, National Geographic. They're redoing the whole you know the the book by uh, Tom Wolfe. Mm-hmm. Yep. it's like they literally just took put a man in space. Like that's how far into the story they are, not very far at all. You know, the first first Mercury launch, right? But, um, yeah, and it's you know it's kind of soapy and like the astronaut wives club kind of show you know i
3: don't know it's kind of like like away away was kind of turned into a soap opera kind of
2: yeah I, I haven't seen away yet yeah. but um, it was good yeah, but it yeah, yeah. it, it was- well, or, or it's like the queen's gamut which you know like there never was a, a female chess champion at that level right but they sort of play with the story right well that's, also, just, that's, couldn't just, have been. that's
3: just pure fiction right i mean
2: yeah yeah i mean i yeah. guess
3: away is pure fiction too but yeah. but so away you know i kind of thought it was going to be more about the science a little bit you know, more sci fi, mm-hmm. but it, it was really more a character drama.
2: But have I'm you seen sad. the movies like Mission to Mars? Or there was one with Val Kilmer where he went to Mars, and the one with Timothy Bottoms. So the Martian.
3: I read the book, The Martian. The Martian. Yeah, good.
2: no, there, yeah. there was a couple of there was a couple of movies
3: like maybe yeah.
2: almost ten years ago, I guess, about going to Mars. And, and of course, know, there's scratching.
3: the Mars trilogy by what's his name, Kim Stanley Robinson. Have you read those?
2: Yeah, I haven't. I, I, I meant to read one of those. I read the and first one. Also, it was
3: quite good. It, I remember it dragging the, a little bit in the middle, but it was quite good. Like all his stuff does, though.
2: There's the one by Arthur Conan Doyle about um, what's that guy's name? They made it into a Disney movie, Lord of Mars, or something like that, or like John Smith goes to Mars. <laughs> What's that one called? John Carter is that the thing? John Carter, oh, that's John right. Carter. Yeah, yeah,
3: John Carter or Mars. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm not sure there's a lot of science in that one.
2: <laughs> no, I don't. Well, no, especially especially not since there was like Martians and stuff, right?
0: <laughs> the whole society
2: that was like
3: a Western on Mars. Yeah, it's yeah, got that Jules
0: the, Verne sort of thing going for yeah, it. Of okay. like, yeah, just just yeah. assume there's enough science here from a yeah. 1800s sort of perspective on that perspective, to, to get us yeah. to, yep. to the suspended disbelief. as realistic as Tarzan. <laughs> oh, no. Is, it, is Tarzan Cor- Conan Doyle? No. No.
3: Edgar Rice Burroughs.
2: Edgar Rice Burroughs. He's the one that wrote uh, John Carter.
3: Yeah. Conan Doyle was uh, Sherlock Holmes.
2: Yeah, Sherlock Holmes. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I realized that once I yeah. opened my mouth and the words fell out.
0: You know, there's a handy list here. Well, let me get this for Mark. One sec. What's the handy list? It's handy for me, too. It's uh, all shows available. All shows and movies available on Apple TV. Oh, Plus, that which is, is handy. Is December 4th. Because
2: I'm What's finding a, that,
3: the, that the browsing can browsing ability on TV Plus oh, is not horrible. the best. Yeah. It's horrible. Yeah.
2: I mean I've lost track of what shows are Apple shows now like I said before yeah. cuz my my Apple TV blends all my other services, right? And it shows you movies and stuff like that that you think oh I'll watch that movie and then it's like 12.99. I'm like no, I don't think so. When there's free stuff on Netflix, why would I pay?
0: Yeah, there's there's a problem there that and it's it's literally just a UI issue that um, Amazon Prime doesn't or Amazon Video doesn't suffer from in that there is iconography on amazon that says you know this is available with prime right it's a little prime sash or badge that i really wish they had for apple tv of like oh here's this thing oh i don't want to pay for that because i'm lame and cheap right so if you just tagged it as like a little apple logo or something but, oh okay cool let's include it with apple tv plus so far i wouldn't watch any of these. shows terran i might watch um, long way up i'm gonna watch that one i've watched the other two versions of that show ted lasso's good mark i'm uh, like all right cool there's new Thanks stuff coming mark. out terran i've not seen yet uh um, Ted Lasso, definitely agree. Defending Jacob, I heard is good. Yeah, I, I did like uh, uh, Defending Jacob. Oh, Fraggle Rock?
3: what? Yeah, I haven't,
0: haven't seen that. Um,
2: is that Mythic a, is Quest, a li- live like.
3: action Fraggle Rock?
0: <laughs> yeah, it's it's not the, <laughs> it's not the cartoon, it's puppets. Um, oh, it's puppets. Mythic Quest, oh, okay. <laughs> Mythic Quest uh, Servant. Uh, I like to see, not not everybody does. So.
2: Amazing Stories was good, but it was only like three episodes, I think, right?
0: Yeah, it, it, it's pretty short there.
2: Sort of Twilight um, Zone-like story.
0: There's two versions of Mixed Quest,
2: too. There's Little America is not bad, too.
3: What is Central? Oh, Central Park is made by Bob's Burgers, guys. I don't like yeah, that. It's, yeah, it's that like one, a
0: musical of some sort. I haven't seen that yeah. one. Uh, I am interested in seeing On the Rocks, because it's got Rashida Jones and Bill Murray uh, movie. Yeah, I want to see that one. Uh, I do, Servant is Good, Mark, by M. Light Shamalon. Yeah, I do recommend Greyhound. It's the Tom Hanks one that was supposed to be in yeah, the theaters. Yeah, I watched that one last week. Yeah. Um, oh, I can post that one. There I haven't seen The Marks. Banker. Have any, either of you guys seen The Banker? It kind of fell off no. my list no so there's a there's a decent list and and this is like super good timing for you mark because you are beginning your free year while everything else has slowed down for covid so you're you're catching up to real time and and then but they're probably not going to
3: make anything new in the next year well
0: Well, i mean by the time it starts ramping up again you will have a more difficult decision whereas Tim and i would be have like long canceled our subscriptions and then have to think about resubscribing right yeah i watched the uh greyhound a couple of ago oh i might watch this tiny world uh, greyhound is the the tom hanks one with the uh yeah. oh okay the, the, oh, there it is yeah the world war Two ship for fighting the beyond. the submarines
2: well, we could watch mariah carey's magical christmas special
0: honestly that might be on in the background at some point at this household because <laughs> <laughs> at some point you're like yeah. you know i just kind of want like variety show type stuff christmas, in the background yeah. while i'm reading or that
2: reminds i gotta d- dig out
0: carol's christmas
2: uh, cds for her beastie boy story is good mark yeah, beastie voice is good
0: yeah i haven't taken advantage of the the documentaries stuff here uh that they they have
3: i noticed no one has mentioned the morning show
0: it's not bad i haven't seen Which, it because i heard like oh yeah you know solid but not like oh my god you gotta go see it so okay. it's fallen that, lower on my list for that that reason. was
3: like the main one that they were advertising when this first came out yeah
0: right? when it first came out it was it was yeah, yeah. It,
2: it's actually pretty good it's it, it's surprisingly surprisingly good but it's but it's very much like um 30 rock or or uh what was that Show with uh, there's another one before Sh- Three R- Rock, but same sort of idea. It's all about you know, TV, daily TV show, right? So, yeah, but we, when they the, talked uh, about Awful the uh, one C, see that's that's okay, yeah. C is, is I,
0: I liked it. I'm not gonna say it's a must, uh, a must watch, okay. um, uh, Snoopy in I'd Space, say, Snoopy in Space. I mean, you, you could watch all those in like an hour. I think it's yeah. like five, <laughs> ten minutes each episode, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, are they okay? Yeah, yeah they're short. Sorry, you were I saying have. about C, I, I interrupted you. C, I think if, if you if you can't make it through the first episode, you're you're not gonna have a good time. So okay, okay, I think you, you pretty much have to get into the premise from the first episode. Otherwise, I don't know. I, just given your your my knowledge of your type of stuff, I I think okay. you will give up on this within the first twenty minutes. If I was okay. <laughs> <laughs> if I was betting money, <laughs>
3: okay, okay. <laughs> Mythic Quest is that is that's a comedy, right? It is or no? So
2: it's about app development.
0: Yeah, oh, it's about an MMO. Uh, sorry, hmm. multi, massively multiplayer. Online game, yeah. kind of like World of Warcraft,
1: kind of mm-hmm. thing. Um, yeah. should- let's say bye, 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 bye. <laughs>